The ratings for the National Basketball Association finals have hit rock bottom and baffled NBA officials are trying to determine why America doesn't want to watch a group of multimillionaires throw a ball around while disrespecting the country that gave them everything they have and also wearing jerseys celebrating a Marxist terrorist group that has been burning down cities over absolutely nothing for the last four months or so. NBA Commissioner Will, fully blind, said he was stymied by the ratings drop speaking to a reporter who was on his way to cover something people cared about more than the NBA Finals, like a supermarket opening or a really big pothole, Mr. Fully Blind said, quote, I can't understand it. These NBA stars are very, very good at bouncing a ball up and down and then throwing it through a metal hoop. So why don't people want to watch them spit on the memories of men who fought and died to defend the country they're disrespecting for no reason, unquote. Commissioner Fully Blind said he was shocked that even the audience for the Lakers games featuring LeBron James now largely consisted of the cardboard cutouts of human beings placed in the stands, many of whom left early in order to beat the cardboard traffic back to their cardboard homes. Another 178 people were also watching the games on TV, but they were also cardboard. Mr. Fully Blind told a janitor who couldn't get out of the men's room while the commissioner was blocking the doorway, quote, I thought everyone would want to see LeBron James criticize America on issues about which he knows nothing, especially after he kept silent on the torture and oppression of people in China in order not to jeopardize his big paycheck. After all, no one can bounce a ball like Kim, King James bounces a ball. And if ball bouncing isn't the most important thing, well, then I don't know what is, unquote. The finals will continue sometime on some channel, but really, who cares? Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. All right, welcome to Mailbag Day. Gather your problems around you, kiss them on the head, say goodbye. They will soon all be over. Go on YouTube and subscribe to the Andrew Claven YouTube because you're not doing anything else. Go, you know, might as well spend some time doing that. Ring the bell and then you'll get all my new content. You'll get content from the show and actual extra fresh new content. And leave a comment because we want to read it on the air just to fill some time because otherwise we'll just sit here staring at you and we, we look stupid. Uh, Jonathan Schmidt has a comment today. He said, I feel like a veil has been lifted from my eyes after watching Trump manhandle the COVID virus. I realized we were not locking down and sheltering to save the Claven from the sickness. We were locking down to protect the poor virus by from being caught by the mighty Claven. That is actually uh, true. That's just just factual information for you. It's hard to say whether there are many people who compare my satire to the satire of Jonathan Swift, or if that's just me dressing up as different people in a pitiful attempt to get that idea started. But for those of you who don't know who Jonathan Swift is, he was another great satirist who lived back in the 18th century, although not so great that he had his own podcast, just saying. But he did write the brilliant satirical novel Gulliver's Travels, which you should read if you haven't already. Swift once said this, he said, when a true genius appears in the world, you may know him by this sign that the dunces are all in confederacy against him. If that's true, it 
now safe to say that Donald Trump may actually be the very stable genius he said he was. In any case, the Confederacy of Dunces is absolutely real. Since Trump's election, the Dunces in the news media and the Democrat Party, but I repeat myself, have been in a conspiracy to turn every word Trump speaks, every decision he makes, even the fact that he recovered from the Chinese flu quickly into some sort of crisis or threat to American democracy worthy of hysterical panic. Now, because on this show you get tomorrow's news today, I want to remind you that from the very moment this began, right after Trump was elected, I explained the point of this conspiracy. It wasn't that you were supposed to believe that everything was a crisis. It was that when a real crisis inevitably hit, it would feel to you as if it was one in a string of crises, all of which were Trump's fault. The news media did the exact same thing to George W. Bush. They kept reporting one non-scandal after another during his presidency, and then came a real crisis, Hurricane Katrina, which destroyed New Orleans. Katrina was exactly 0% Bush's fault. What happened in New Orleans had nothing to do with Bush, but the press used lies and a mishandled Bush photo op to blame it on him, and it worked because they'd been pushing this crisis hysteria all that time, and Katrina just fit into that narrative. Now they've done the same thing to Donald Trump. We have the pandemic and the lockdown. It's a genuine crisis, not Trump's fault. But after four years of manufactured crises like the Russian hoax and the Stormy Daniels non-scandal and the Ukrainian conspiracy hoax and the Trump's a bigot hoax, the press has used Trump's silly misstatements and the usual government fumbling to make it feel as if he has personally murdered 200,000 people. All this is part of what I call Clavenon, a real conspiracy that's behind the crazy conspiracy theories like QAnon. These are people working behind the scenes to basically make the narrative, take control of the narrative, and therefore take control of the election. And the terrible thing about it is it actually seems to be working if the polls are accurate. All right. You want to get a great looking watch and still spend less than 200 bucks? I have hiding under my, my shirt. I have my Vincero watch. It's really nice looking, right? And it works. And it's not that expensive. These guys from Vincero, they know just how important it is to look and feel your best. And above all else, they treat their customers right and will always go above and beyond to make sure you are taken care of. Vincero offers free shipping, 30-day returns, and guarantees your watch for two years. There's a reason why they have over 20,000 five-star reviews. Go check out their watches at VinceroWatches.com slash Clavin to get access to our exclusive discount. You can take advantage of 20% off everything on their website. Vincero has styles for men and women, as well as accessories like wallets, bracelets, extra straps, and sunglasses, all made with the same incredible quality as their watches. If you visit VinceroWatches.com slash Clavin, and when you purchase the discount, Clavin is automatically applied at checkout. It's that easy to shop Vincero. They are shipping all orders directly from their local U.S. distributors, and they are delivering all orders on time, no delays. They want to get your product to you as quickly as possible. Go to V-I-N-C-E-R-O watches.com forward slash Clavin. Ha ha ha, but how do you spell Clavin? That's K-L-A-V-A-N. So what I want to do is I want to start Instead of going right to the bigger stories of the day, I want to start out talking about a couple of smaller stories as examples of how real lies behind the scenes feed into false conspiracies, which hide real conspiracies. This is Clavenon, right? There are actual real, uh, there genuinely is a confederacy of dunces acting in concert against the president and against basically the idea of America. And the people who are go nuts and they think, oh, this is some kind of weird conspiracy are actually seeing something real. So yesterday, 
you remember Mark and Patricia McCloskey? I'm sure you do. They were the St. Louis couple who came out in front of their house and brandished guns when a BLM mob threatened them. They came breaking through their property and they did exactly the right thing. They just said they just stood out there with guns and scared them away. They have the absolute right to do this. They didn't shoot anybody. They just made sure that their property remained safe. Well, now they have been indicted on felony weapons and evidence tampering charges. I'm reading this loyal lawyer, Joel Schwartz, said he was told a grand jury indicted his clients on felony counts of unlawful use of a weapon and evidence tampering. He said he had no details. A St. Louis court clerk said the indictment was filed Tuesday, but that he was not authorized to provide a copy. The lawyer, Schwartz, said, I'm not uh, surprised that the grand jury indicted them, but I'll certainly be interested in what was presented to the grand jury. Remember, defense attorneys don't get to uh, defend you in a grand jury. It's just the prosecutor uh, uh, putting forward the reasons you should be indicted. The couple was each charged by Democrat circuit attorney. That's the DA, what they call the DA in St. Louis, Democrat circuit attorney, Kimberly Gardner in July with one felony count of brandishing a firearm. Now, many of you will remember that the governor, Mike Parson, a Republican has promised to pardon them, but he can't pardon them before they get convicted. I don't think so. They're going to have to go through this terrible thing. Now, the whole thing about this is Kimberly Kimberly Gardner, the circuit attorney, was supported by George Soros. Remember we talked about this before, about how George Soros has gone around supporting DAs, prosecutors, who won't prosecute, who are so leftist they will let people get away and go after innocent people for brandishing guns. This is part of George Soros' conspiracy to turn America into a kind of European socialist-style state, okay? He gave a lot of money to them, and he gave a lot of money to Black Lives Matter and other organizations who financed the Ferguson riots. Remember, after Michael Brown was reasonably shot by a police officer that he was attacking, according to the Obama Justice Department, and they made up that whole cockamamie, cock and bull story about him saying, hands up, don't shoot, which also didn't happen. So there were riots, there were riots, and they still haven't really recovered from these riots. They destroyed black neighborhoods. George Soros helped fund those riots. So Snopes ran a fact check on this accusations. Did George Soros fund Ferguson protests and Black Lives Matter? He says this is the, there's a rumor, a shadowy mastermind who wields tremendous wealth and influence to furtively manipulate events worldwide. Okay, it says that the uh, the rumor is that Soros sponsored quote scare quotes or bankrolled to the tune of some thirty three million dollars protesters who rioted after the fatal shooting of Michael Brown. And then it goes on and says this. In, in all, Mr. Soros' organization gave at least $33 million in one year to support already established groups that emboldened the grassroots on-the-ground activists in Ferguson, according to the most recent tax filings of his nonprofit Open Society Foundations. And then they say, well, the rumor is mixed. The truth of this rumor is mixed. It's true, right? It's true. So you have this uh, conspiracy theory against George Soros because it's true and because the press hides it, right? This guy is an evil, evil man who has been tearing St. Louis apart, as well as other parts of the country, in order to make America, which he says is the biggest problem the world has, the kind of country he wants it to be, a socialist European dead country, like all the dead countries of Europe. It's a real conspiracy, and it's also a conspiracy of silence to keep that conspiracy from being known by the people. All right. Now, let's see how this works in terms of just a couple other stories. And then we'll get to the bigger stories that are working in a lot of ways the same ways. All right. Facebook said it would step up its crackdown on QAnon, removing more groups and pages devoted to the fast growing conspiracy theory movement that has thrived 
on social media. The move builds on Facebook's efforts announced in August to remove QAnon pages and groups that included discussions on potential violence. So CNN goes out of its way, goes, sends a reporter to associate QAnon with Donald Trump, which I guess it's more associated with Trump. It is a right-wing trending uh, conspiracy theory. So they go to a Trump rally and they find some QAnon supporters and they interview them. First, I just have to play, before I play that, I do have to play the fact that uh, one of CNN's reporters was attacked on the White House lawn uh, by a raccoon. (laughs) by a raccoon. This is, what's his name? John, Joe John, something like that. I've never seen this guy before, but he fights off the raccoon. I just want to play that. What? Get! There he is. Ah! (laughs) Now, no events on the president's schedule today, and important to say, the White House, yeah, especially from the dim... Frickin' raccoons, man. <laughs> you ever root for the raccoon? Not, I don't know Joe Johns from Adam, but if he works for CNN, I'm rooting for the raccoon. All right, so here's CNN reporting on, the, on QAnon, and you'll just notice the reporter basically tells you what QAnon is in this picture and then only gives the guy a little chance to respond. Here he goes. The FBI has said that it's a dangerous uh, conspiracy that could inspire domestic terrorism. How would you describe it? I would say absolutely not. I would describe it as a global awakening. Can you believe some of QAnon and not all of us? Yes. Yeah. So what for you is the stuff with QAnon that you don't believe? There's a whole lot of different rabbit holes it gets goes down. But um, yeah, the backbone of it is just patriots from all diff- all over the world. All right. So now the the story of QAnon that people are that there's some kind of conspiracy of child uh, molestation and child trafficking that Donald Trump is fighting and he's going to expose and all this is basically like a sort of fan fiction story. It's completely ridiculous, but it does reflect a, a certain reality in the world, which is that there is a lot of abuse of young people by the Catholic Church in Hollywood, by politicians with Jeffrey Epstein, very powerful people with Jeffrey Epstein is conspiratorially kept beneath the radar. The Catholic Church did conspire to hide it. Jeffrey Epstein did die in a very mysterious way. Nobody has held to account Prince Andrew or Bill Clinton for hanging out with Jeff Ep- Jeffrey Epstein. Every time the Hollywood story of abuse, which is widespread in Hollywood, every time it rises to the surface, it disappears again. So QAnon is not is, is crazy, but it's kind of been driven crazy by the facts. So now they're shutting it down, which is only going to make it worse, obviously. It only make, means it goes underground. But something else is happening at the same time. The Democrats in the House declared that America's biggest technology companies have leveraged their dominance to stamp out competition and stifle innovation. This is a Democrat-led House panel said Congress should consider forcing the tech giants to separate their dominant online platforms from other business lines. In other words, to break up their monopoly. Now, the polls right now are looking very, very good for the Democrats and for Trump to lose the election. That's what these uh, social media companies are looking at. So suddenly they are cracking down on the right. They are basically trying to maintain their monopolies, which are monopolies, which they are abusing, and they are hurting the First Amendment culture that has grown up in America by censoring conservative talk. So Clavenon would say that social media is cracking down on right-wing content because the Democrats are way ahead in the polls and are threatening to destroy their monopolies. Now, The right, the Republicans will also come after their monopolies by taking away their right 
to uh, curate material without getting sued. That's what the, the Republicans want to do. But the Democrats are actually threatening to do this. In or- So the Democrats are doing this knowing, knowing the social media who favor the Democrats anyway will respond by censoring the right as the election comes up. And the polls feed into this. So can you trust any of this? So people keep asking me, can you trust the polls? The answer is, I don't know. I do not know. I don't think that they're completely skewed. I do think they must reflect something. But you do see this is this is something that works in tandem. The Democrats know that they can use these polls to intimidate social media, which will then censor the right, which will then help the Democrats. There actually is a confederacy of dunces, a conspiracy of dunces. Let's talk about the flu. Same thing. We talked about fear yesterday. Trump comes out and says, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Don't let the flu dominate your life. That is a very presidential thing to say. It's the thing we want our president to say. Here's Governor Andrew Cuomo's response. Cut 14. From a public service point of view, 210,000 people died. More people uh, die in this country than uh, countries around the world that were doing much uh, worse than we were. From a public service point of view, don't be afraid of COVID. No, be afraid of COVID. It can kill you. Don't be cavalier. Incredible crap, incredible crap coming from the mouth of Andrew Cuomo, who slaughtered all those old people in his state. But the the numbers that, that so many people died more than places that were doing worse, like Italy, which is the size of an American state. Of course, more people died here. But let's take a look at, here's Holman Jenkins Jr., who's just great, a uh, great columnist at the Wall Street Journal. He should really be the editor of the paper, I think. But he writes, some 7.4 million Americans have been infected with the virus. Or is it 74 million? According to Dr. Robert Redfield, head of the agency that the country relies on for such data, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, our testing as of late June was picking up perhaps 10% of cases. So when we say 40,000 new infections are occurring daily, we might really mean 400,000 infections. When we imply that 2.2% of Americans have been infected, we may really mean 22%. If we're missing 90% of cases in the U.S. and 95% in the world, this has obvious implications for the death risk from COVID. It means that it's not that deadly. It's flu-like, right? The more people who have it, the smaller is the percentage of people who are dying from it. And easily reading again, an easily transmitted respiratory disease with a longish incubation period and symptomless spread is exceedingly likely to go worldwide before we even know it exists. If people with no symptoms can spread it and it's highly infectious, it's going to spread before anybody knows it's going, what's going on. So how is Donald Trump to blame for that at all? Did he say a couple of things? Yeah, he did. But here's what the Democrats said. Let's play cut 16. Here's what the Democrats said early on in the spread of the disease. The risk to New Yorkers for coronavirus is low. And our city preparedness is high. This should not stop you from going about your life, should not stop you from going to Chinatown and going out to eat. I'm going to do that today myself. Come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe, and come join us. There is no concern at this time for coronavirus in our region. The Department of Sanitation is ready for Mardi Gras 2020. The facts are reassuring. We want New Yorkers to go about their daily lives. But there's really no need to panic and to avoid activities that we always do as New Yorkers. 
<laughs> right. So in other words, in other words, nobody knew. Nobody could know. And what's happened now, see, we, we still don't have the facts. And this is really important. We still don't know the full truth. And we're not going to know it for a long time. That's just the way it is. But it, now it begins to seem, if the CDC is right, and it's spread possibly, if we're only, we've only recorded 10% of the cases, our, our tests through June only show 10% of the cases, it is entirely possible that this thing, remember in the old days when it, the CDC used to have up on its website, it used to say most people are going to get this flu. Most people are going to get this flu. And obviously for most people, it's not even going to have any symptoms. For a lot of people, it doesn't have any symptoms or, or mild symptoms or whatever. We just saw a 74-year-old fat man, the president of the United States, get it and spit it out. Get it and spit it out, right? So it's obviously nowhere near as deadly as it seems because our, our tests aren't showing anything. So nobody could have stopped it. And the myth, this mythology that Donald Trump was somehow more cavalier about the disease, that he has been more careless about it, that he was not on top of his game is absolutely untrue. It is just something that they fed into this machinery that has been constantly telling you that everything is a crisis. Everything is a crisis over and over and over again. And it works. It's really a good technique. I told you it was going to happen. I told you it was going to work when, when it happened, because there's no way you can fight the emotions of it. And it did work. And yesterday I read you that great Barrington declaration where all thousands of medical professionals and doctors said the lockdowns were worse than the disease. And what we should do is protect the vulnerable. They should have called that the save the Claven uh, Declaration, because that's what I've been telling you all along, that what we really should be doing is saving the Claven, protecting people like me and letting everybody else go about his life. So now uh, another, another actual conspiracy that is out there, right, part of Clavenon, is Obamagate. And there's new information. John Ratcliffe, who's the director of national intelligence, Trump says he's now declassifying all the material. He's going to declassify everything having to do with this. So we're going to see as much of this as we can get our hands on. And he's just basically had it. He figures the election is coming. He might as well get out everything he can, right? I'm sure. But John Ratcliffe, the director of national intelligence, released the notes of then CIA director John Brennan. And those notes detail how John Brennan briefed President Obama on Hillary Clinton's plot, which was Russian information he had gotten from the Russians, so we, we don't know we don't know 100% if it's true or not, but he believed in it enough to brief Obama on Hillary Clinton's plot to frame then-candidate Donald Trump with the Russia collusion hoax, hoax to distract people from her email uh, scandal, from the fact that she was using a private server to throw her emails around because we know, we, we can suspect that she was do, doing dishonest things, right? So John Brennan actually briefed the president that Hillary Clinton was going to pull this hoax on the president. This is an incredible, the corruption here is incredible. Jake Tapper does the interview with John Brennan, which he just basically lets John Brennan kind of filibuster and describe everything without once asking him a real uh, difficult question. Here it is. What can you tell us about these notes that you wrote about this Russian intelligence? Uh, and what do you make of DNI Ratcliffe uh, releasing them right now? Well, John Ratcliffe is anything but an intelligence professional. He, it is appalling, his selective declassification of information that clearly is designed to advance the political interests of Donald Trump and uh, Republicans who are aligned with him. But uh, these were my notes from the 2016 period when I briefed President Obama and the rest of the National Security Council team 
about what the Russians were up to. And I was giving examples of the type of access that the U.S. intelligence community had to Russia, Russian information. <laughs> so, so he gets to go on. And so, I mean, Tapper sets him up. He te- puts the ball on the tee for him and says, tell us why they released this now. You know, why they released So it's a political act. Well, yeah, it's a political act to release the information now. Sure it is. But but nothing like the political act of then taking this disinformation, of allowing this disinformation to spread. And, and Brennan goes on to say that it wasn't illegal for Hillary Clinton to make these absurd charges against Donald Trump, which is true, of course. It's a political campaign. She can charge him with anything she wants. But it's incredibly corrupt for Obama, knowing this is what this was, knowing it was oppo, an, op- an opposition uh, you know, program, to then let this bleed into the intelligence and investigation uh, machinery of the government, which is what Jim Jordan is saying here. This is cut five. She did it to cover up all the wrongdoing she did. So she creates this lie. But the worst of this, Liz, the worst of this is they all knew it was a lie. Brennan, Clapper, Comey, Obama, Biden, Susan Rice, they all knew. They all met on that January 5th, 2017 meeting where they hatched the plan to then take down Michael Flynn, knowing everything was a hoax, everything was a lie. But they let our country, this is what just ticks me off more than anything else. They let our country live through 19 lawyers, 40 FBI agents, 500 witnesses, 2,800 subpoenas, and 30-plus million dollars over two and a half years of the Mueller investigation, all based on something they knew was false. So if you have po-faced Jake Tapper letting Brennan run with this story, oh, it's all it's all just a political thing. It's just it's just a political thing. It's not like it's not like setting the FBI on these guys. What do you think people are going to think? I mean, it is a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy of silence. You know, it's a confederacy of dunces and a conspiracy of silence to just run cliches together, basically not telling us what they know so that we can figure it out for ourselves. And James Comey, I mean, nobody's going to go to jail for this because if Trump loses the election, they'll just let him all this whole investigation. The whole thing will never come out uh, more than it's coming out now. But but James Comey, just remember, he started the Mueller investigation after he got fired because he was ticked off for getting fired. And he had these notes of his he kept notes on all his conversations with Donald Trump. And he leaked the notes to a friend of his at Columbia University to, to send them to the press. There may have been classified information in them. He may have been leaking classified information with the intention of getting a Mueller-type investigation going. But when they asked him, when Josh Hawley, when he was before the Senate Judiciary Committee, I believe it was, when he asked him about this memo from Brennan saying that Hil- this was all a Hillary Clinton oppo operation, this is what he said. This is cut seven. Did you open an investigation? I don't know what that refers to. As I said earlier, that does not ring any bells with me when I read that. You, you did not receive any investigative referral of this nature? I don't remember it. I don't, I don't remember receiving anything that's described in that letter. <laughs> the guy's keeping careful notes, remember? He kept careful notes, which he was able to leak. He was able to leak them to his pal to get an investigation started because he was so ticked off about getting fired. But when they asked him questions, these were his responses throughout the hearing. Cut eight. I don't remember. That's about all I recall. I don't remember. I don't remember learning anything additional about Steele's sources. Not that I recall. No, I don't remember Bruce or ever giving me. I don't recall that. So do you recall? I do not. Do you recall? I do not. I don't remember any discussion. I don't remember using that word, but I don't remember using that word. 
So, so the people who support Donald Trump go nuts, right? And they have the, all these vast conspiracy theories. I heard somebody saying, oh, they, he caught uh, the Chinese flu because they poisoned the microphone at the debates and all that. But can you blame them? Can you blame them? Because under the, the QAnon style conspiracies is Clavenon, actual malfeasance by these people all acting together with the press covering it up, with the press covering it up. And these are the people who may be in office again after January. They may come back into office again and do the kinds of things they did before, which is abuse the machinery of government. And, you know, with all of this, with all of this, I mean, some of this stuff is mind-blowing. A guy like Comey, it's, it's mind-blowing that HBO could be doing a story about what a wonderful, wonderful guy telling his story. And no one's ever going to tell the story about Trump being, you know, conspired against, against like this. That's never going to become a story. It's, it's amazing that in some ways, the biggest conspiracy of all is just the conspiracy of bias the way the news is reported. Tonight, we're going to have the debate, right? We're going to have the vice presidential debate, which is consequential uh, because obviously Joe Biden is not going to be president if he gets elected and Trump right now is ill, right? So that, it's a consequential debate. So we're going to have Matt Walsh uh, live reacting to the debate. It'll be part of the a special edition of All Access Live. So members can join Matt at 8.45 p.m. Eastern, 545 p.m. Pacific at dailywire.com and live chat with them on the live stream and in the comments. You want to be a part of the all access team. So uh, get you can get 20 percent off with code debate so you can watch all of our upcoming debate coverage and all of our all access live um, meetings. So that's tonight, Wednesday, October 7th at 845 p.m. Eastern, 545 p.m. Pacific. Join us and get 20% off your all-access membership with code DEBATE when you sign up today. Now, here is the way. I want to play a montage, which we put we put together from our friends, Newsbusters, about the way they've covered Pence. First of all, let's play that. Can he put up with a churchy guy like Pence? Pence is so churchy. He cannot answer a simple question whether or not the state of Indiana should be able to discriminate against gays and lesbians. This puts him in the same position as, as, uh, as, as George Wallace was a generation ago. I don't know that I want my vice president um well, you know, speaking in tongues and having Jesus thing. speak like to us. Well, it's that. one thing to talk to Jesus. It's another thing when Jesus talks to you. That's called mental illness, if I'm not correct. Right. When you talk to God in your moments alone, do you find yourself worrying at all that people you represent and care deeply about have died and will die who did not need to because of steps the federal government did not take soon enough? People are calling him a bigot because it sounds like one and looks <clears> like one. Wow. Wow. And this is one of the most decent guys in the government. They, Kamala Harris wants there to be a, a plexiglass plate between him uh, and her during the debate because she's afraid. We all know that Pence at any moment could go into Hulk mode and just rip her to pieces. Uh, so here's the way they've reported on Kamala Harris. Cut to. I would be very fearful of her. I imagine if you're Mike Pence right now, recognizing that this is who you're going to have to debate um, on issues of substance, I have a feeling she'll make mincemeat of them. If you come there in January and I get to raise, please answer my question if I raise my hand, I get to say, Madam Vice President, do you know that sends chills through me? Donald Trump lives in fear of prosecutors. And today, Donald Trump got a new prosecutor on his case. It seems so Obama-esque. She checks so many boxes in representation. The daughter of, of immigrants from, from Jamaica and from India was kind of the conservative choice here. She cares about women's issues. She, she cares about equality deep within her soul. <laughs> 
Can you blame people for feeling that they're being lied to, being manipulated, that things are being hidden from them, that there's a conspiracy behind the scenes? The problem is there's not a conspiracy behind the scenes. There's a conspiracy right in front of us. It is called the left's absolute monopoly on our communication systems, which will only get worse if Trump loses this election. Okay, as you know, I love to hike. And while I hike, I listen to my audible books and I use Raycon earbuds. And the reason I use Raycon earbuds is one, they don't make me look like an insect. And two, the way they're made kind of blocks out the wind, which can be very disturbing when you're hiking and I can hear a lot better. Raycon's newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet. They have six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, a more compact design, a noise isolating fit. That's the thing I love best, that noise-isolating fit. Raycon earbuds are stylish and discreet. There's no dangling wires or stems. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities, including Mike Tyson, are obsessed with their products. For a limited time, get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash Clavin. That's buy, B-U-Y, raycon.com slash Clavin for a special 15% discount on Raycon wireless earbuds. Make sure to check it out now. All the deals running, buyraycon.com slash Clavin. And I know you're saying, you know, I, you spelled buy, but tap, you got to tap the earbuds when you ask this. How do you spell Clavin? It will just whisper in your ear, K-L-A-V-A-N. There are no E's in Clavin. We got the mailbag coming up. Come to dailywire.com and subscribe. Mailbag. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. No clue. What's it's, just, it's the drinking that does it to him. We should have used ZipRecruiter. That was the thing. From John, uh, howdy, Clavin with an A. You probably get this question a lot, but are you really putting stock in the polls? Ben Shapiro seems to be addicted to them, and I find it mind-boggling considering what happened in 2016. It almost feels like gaslighting when you watch the overwhelming enthusiasm for Trump with respect to Biden and then constantly hear how Trump is trailing Biden by large margins in the polls. Personally, I think if we have a fair election, Trump is going to win by a long shot, but perhaps that is just wishful thinking. Well, first of all, I almost never read the polls on the air. I almost never, you know, I know, I know uh, Ben likes them a lot more than I do, but I almost never read the polls on the air. So I, I will not, uh, I have to say not guilty on the, uh, on my being obsessed with the polls. I'm not at all, but, but I don't believe that they are as manipulative as the right likes to think when they show us behind. Okay. I mean, especially you guys like Rasmussen, who are also showing Trump not having done well in the debate. Uh, they're also showing Trump at very steadily uh, behind Biden, not in the ways uh, he was with Hillary Clinton, where the polls were much more um much more volatile and he was he was catching up with her and then falling behind and they didn't uh, they didn't watch the states enough. The poll numbers weren't that far off taking the election in general. What they were was far off taking the electoral college because we don't have a popular vote in this country and we don't have a nationwide election. We have 50 elections. We have each state has an election and that's how we decide who the president is because we have a federal system. So the polls didn't really pay attention to that and that's why they were so vastly wrong in their estimate when they would say things like, oh, Hillary Clinton has a 98% chance of winning the election. But it, I have to say, I agree with you about this, that my gut is that the enthusiasm for Trump is so high and the enthusiasm for Biden is so low 
that it seems like the polls are not making sense. And, you know, Adam Mill at American Greatness has an article called uh, Why Doesn't It Feel Like Biden is Winning? And he talks about the fact that the media is actively sheltering Biden. So why are they doing that if they feel that he's so far ahead? If he, they, Why are they giving him so much support, those fake uh uh, town halls they're doing. Uh, NBC was caught out saying, oh, these are undecided voters who had already been on MSNBC as Biden supporters. So they're just lying. I mean, they just lie. And why are they doing that? Voters won't vote to ban new, their new guns, he says. Uh, people have been buying guns like crazy because of the violence, the mostly peaceful violence that's been going on across the country. Uh, and, and so will they vote for people who are going to ban those guns that they just bought? Biden's an incompetent. He doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, the campaign is filled with uh, toxic political correctness. Uh, history is not on Biden's side. He says it's not a small thing that historical precedent strongly suggests Trump will be reelected. Think of the last three times a challenger upset an incumbent, Bill Clinton over George W. Bush, Reagan over Carter and Carter over Ford. And the intensity of Trump's campaign is so unstoppable. Listen, I don't know what's going to happen. My gut says Trump is doing better than the polls say he is. But the polls are, like I said, are not as faulty as we like to think they are. They were right about Obama. We tried to convince ourselves they weren't right about Obama's reelection. And they were. So that's why people are paying attention. That's why people aren't shrugging them off. But you're right. You know, they can be totally wrong. They can be mistaken and they can be dishonest. All those things could be true. And it's possible that enthusiasm will tell the story on the day. The problem is, is the people who hate Trump are not enthusiastic for Biden, but they're enthusiastic in their hatred for Trump. And so they may show up as well, as Ted Cruz was saying. Uh, you know, the Democrats who hate Trump will be there. They will vote and they'll vote early and often. And so we'll see, um, you know, we'll see if Trump can do it. And Trump, you know, he's a divisive figure. I, I've been talking about this for four years, talking about how rude he is, how, uh, how blunt he is, and understanding that we needed that rudeness, we needed that bluntness to fight back against the, the left's monopoly of our communications industry and their demonization and their cancellations and the way they censor us. We needed that rudeness, but that rudeness is also alienating to a lot of Americans. That's a tragic thing. Those are two, two things that conflict, that we needed it, but it also was bad electorally. So there's a lot of danger here of Trump losing the election. We just have to face up to that and, and go out and vote. Don't just sit around and complain. Get out there and vote. That's what's going to tell the story. Uh, from Kenneth, I appreciate the levity you bring to the situation. However, how are we to deal with the anger and outrage all of this attempted destruction of our country uh, causes? I'm a Christian. I know where my future lies. At the same time, all the lies and dishonesty are infuriating. They are tearing us apart and setting us on what seems to be an unavoidable collision course where we are fighting against each other over communism. I just can't understand how people can't see the truth. Okay. So how do you keep from being furious all the time? Well, first of all, you shouldn't be paying attention to politics all the time. Politics makes you angry. And dishonesty makes you angry. And we are surrounded by dishonesty. Our clerisy, our intelligentsia is corrupt. Our intelligentsia is corrupt, and this happens from time to time. This is when things go bad, is when the intelligentsia, when the aristocracy, which is what our intelligentsia is, it's our intellectual aristocracy, when, that, when the aristocracy becomes corrupt, that's when there's danger of violence. That's when there's danger of revolution. That's the situation where we are in now. It doesn't mean there will be violence. doesn't mean there will be revolution, but it is angering and it's upsetting because these are the people we should be able to trust. We should be able to trust Jake Tapper. We can't. We should be able to trust NBC News. We can't. We should be able to trust the New York Times. We can't. And the fact that some people do, you ask, why don't people see the lies? Well, this as a Christian, you should understand. You know, I frequently tell people that 
as a Christian, you walk around going, wow, the, the world is sinful. The world is sinful and it's broken. But then every now and again, you look around and go like, whoa, the world is sinful and broken, right? There's a difference between knowing it and really knowing it. Human nature, broken human nature has not changed one sliver, not one little bit since Adam and Eve were kicked out of Eden. Not one little bit. It's still corrupt. We are still the people who crucified Christ. We are still those people. Just because we have more sophistication, which we do, just because we have more technology, which we do, just because life is better, easier, uh, healthier, all those wonderful things that science has given us does not mean that human nature has changed one bit. What we are seeing is the kind of behavior that destroys republics. We are seeing the things that these founders of the country knew were there because our human nature hasn't changed since 1776. It hasn't changed since dot. It hasn't changed since what the British call the year dot from the beginning of the world. It is still the same. So if that's going to make you angry, you're going to be angry all the time. You're going to live your life angry. You're going to go into your grave angry. And that's not what you want, right? So you got to stop for a minute. you got to stop for a minute and think, what do I love? Because all your joy comes from the things you love, right? Joy, little joy comes from the things you love a little, like some sport or some television show or some uh, entertainment or, or amusement or uh, sport that you do. It comes a little from that. It comes a lot from the people you love, and it comes most, I believe, from uh, loving God. If you love God, then you're going to have a much better love of creation. So you should be focusing on the things you love. I mean, that's the answer to your question. That is how you stay. You continue to have a sense of humor about the rottenness of the world. That's how you continue to have a sense of humor about the incredible open corruption of people who should know better. Jake Tapper should know better. Brian Stelter should know better. The people who run the New York Times, they should know better. They have all everything in the world. The people who at, at the NBA, LeBron James, should know better. He's been given everything in life, right? I'm not saying he doesn't work for it. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be celebrated as an athlete, but he deserves to be ignored when he looks all that in the eye while, you know, praising or keeping silent about the uh, tyranny in China. All of these things are going on, but you have got to look at the things that you love and play into the love that you have for those things and spend time with them. Don't spend all your time on Twitter. Don't spend all your time on Facebook. Don't spend all your time reading the news. Spend your time living. Spend your time loving. Spend your time enjoying and paying attention to the things you love. That is the Christian way of life, as well as standing up to corruption and speaking the truth. That's my answer. That's that's how I maintain a, a sense of humor, and that's why I don't walk around furious and uh, crazy all the time by the things that actually are happening. It actually is a corrupt and fallen world. Um, from Gina, you know how we as Christians have been taught we were born with the as we were just saying with original sin because of Adam and Eve's decision to eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge. Sin is a battle between our flesh and our spirit, right? I got to thinking about Lucifer, God's archangel. I was taught Lucifer was cast out of heaven with half of God's angels because Lucifer, I think it's a third of God's angels, because Lucifer thought he was greater than God. So didn't sin start with Lucifer? What are your thoughts? Our sin uh, didn't start with Lucifer. The interpretation of certain pro prophetic texts from the Bible is that Lucifer was an angel. Uh, Satan was originally an angel close to God. He envied God. He had pride. He wanted to be in God's place. And so he was cast out of heaven into hell. He's then associated with the serpent in the garden who tempts Adam and Eve to disobey God. And we get thrown out of the human race, gets thrown out of paradise. Those are all interpretations of texts that are, are in fact, in the Bible, though they can be read in different ways as well. But those, that's the standard mainstream interpretation. So our sin, the sin of humankind, 
though inspired by Satan and Satan's envy of the human race uh, because of his being cast out of heaven and because of humanity being created to basically uh, ultimately become above the angels. He kind of infects us with his sin. He tempts us into our sin, but it's only our falling for the temptation that brings original sin into humankind. That is more theology than I usually know, but that's I do happen to know that theology. Um, Hello, Lord Clavin. This is from Andrew. Hello, Lord Clavin of the multiverse. My name is Andrew. My girlfriend and I are 21 years old and have been together two years. Now, this is a very long letter and it's a little bit confusingly written. So let me kind of get to the nub of it. Um, he says, I have a, I've had a terrible feeling in my relationship because my girlfriend became interested in rocks and crystals. And while delving into that hobby, she found a website that sells mystery bags of dirt and rocks for over $100, which is like a quarter of her weekly paycheck. And she spent this money on what was essentially a bag of dirt. And when he teased her about it, she got angry at him. uh, And that made him feel really awful that she could be gulled into buying, basically spending a quarter of her paycheck on dirt. And he wants to know if he was being too nasty by teasing her. He says, I want a future with her, and I believe in having a shared bank account one day, but how can I ever share a bank account with someone willing to expend their hard-earned money on such frivolous crap? Okay, so that's what he wants to know. uh, How he's supposed to deal with that. Well, you can have one of several things, but you can't have everything, right? You have a girlfriend who can be gulled into spending a lot of money on dirt. Okay, So, so... making fun of her is not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to make her, it's just going to hurt her feelings and it's going to make you kind of a jerk and she's going to be angry at you about it, but it's not going to change. That's who she is. So you can have a wife, ultimately a wife that you have a shared bank account with who doesn't spend money on dirt. Okay. You can have that if you leave this girl and find another girl who won't spend your shared money on dirt, or you can have a shared income with this girl who does do that, okay? Because this is who she is. She's not going to change because you tease her. She's not going to change because you berate her. She's not going to change because you're unkind to her uh, and, you know, demeaning to her. This is who she is. So you got to decide what's it going to be. You know, if you believe strongly, as I believe that a couple should have a joint, should have put their money together uh, and you're with this girl, she's going to be doing this stuff. She may grow out of it at some point. You know, you're still young. Uh, You said you're 21. She may grow out of it, but this is kind of who she is. And she's obviously got, this is part of her personality. So you got to decide, you know, I mean, you can't marry somebody with the idea that you're going to take this essential uh, fact about her and berate it out of her and tease it out of her. You know, you're going to be miserable. You're going to become an abuser without meaning to. You're not going to want, you're going to be, think that you're doing the right thing. So you got to decide on her. It's about your, it's about whether this is the right person for you. And you got to figure that out for yourself. She is going to come along with this fact about her and you can't, <laughs> you can't change who she is, uh, but you can change your girlfriend. You can get another girlfriend if you want, or you can say, oh, I'm going to be living with this forever, you know, because teasing her is just going to make you an angry, uh, nasty guy. You cannot, you cannot live that life. That can't be your marriage. You can't bring into your home, into your life permanently a girl that you're not going to disrespect and be unkind to. You cannot do that because it's going to turn you into a bad guy and it's going to turn her life miserable and it's just not what you want to do. So you got to make a decision. You got to make a decision whether you can live with this or not. And that's something we all have to do before we get married and before we sign on for anything for life. We got to decide on how to live with the reality. I got to stop there, but I'll be back again tomorrow. Remember, we got a show on Friday as well. 
This week, I'm Andrew Clavin. This is The Andrew Clavin Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knoll Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Edited by Adam Saivitz and Danny D'Amico. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, or head and makeup, is by Nika Geneva. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Clavin Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental, and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Listen.